not to be served, but to serve. Lord, draw near to us, not to be served, but to serve. Amen. Please be seated. I bring you greetings from Church of the Common Ground, the church in downtown Atlanta that meets outside. We are without walls. We are for those who call the streets their home, and it is my privilege to serve there as their vicar. I want to preach a sermon today about being proximate, about being near or close, close to God and close to one another, present and attentive. I feel I need to come down from the pulpit in order to be proximate to you. And I should pause first and say thank you for your proximity to me and my family. As you brought us here just over a year ago, I have enjoyed being welcomed into your homes and welcoming y'all into my home on that one great day before Christmas. I've enjoyed being proximate to the ministries that you care so deeply about and for years have been long faithful to. We were invited very early on in our time here to be with the refugees, swimming side by side in a pool together with people who had come from Africa, and then moving in a family who had come into this country, immigrants, refugees, into apartment. And so we had worked alongside one another, elbow to elbow, in a small home, setting up what would become home for this family. I've enjoyed the proximity I've um, had with you all at Threads. Some of you who have come and volunteered know that we sometimes tag the socks together and get to laugh and then welcome the people who need that ministry desperately. I've enjoyed ministry with Covenant Community with you all and um, sharing in the celebration of so many's successful work through the course to gain sobriety. And so too at MAC, the Midtown Assistance Center, where I now find myself frequenting for my own parishioners who are working to find stability. You, all saints, have long been proximate to the community around you in those ministries. And again, I thank you for the ways in which you've welcomed me and my family to join you there, to be near to one another in these good works. I'm cognizant this morning that we have in our proximity babies to be baptized soon and sitting here in their father's and mother's arms awaiting joining Christ's church. Our church is the place and the space in which we share together this yearning for God being near to us. And we so desperately want this time of worship to be a time in which we experience God drawing near. And so when we welcome these dear ones into the life of the church, we're welcoming them into a life of faith. Their parents and godparents will make vows for them today on their behalf until they can make their own vows. We'll reaffirm ours together to seek and serve Christ in all persons, to honor the dignity of every human being. That's the good work we try to do at Church of the Common Ground. So we go out into the city, and when we gather with folk, we're seeking to respect the dignity of every human being. Just two weeks ago, at morning prayer, which takes place on Mondays and Wednesday mornings just across from the Capitol, we had gathered around, and one of my volunteers came and said to me, Monica, somebody wants to speak to you. Chad was his name. He came and approached me, and he said, Hey, Pastor! I want you to do whatever I ask of you. 
I didn't know he was quoting the gospel today at the time. So I did not quote back what Jesus said to him. Instead, I said, nah, that's not likely. Not going to happen. Then I thought, what is it that you ask? Which is along the lines of what Jesus asked today of James and John who had approached Jesus. Chad answered, I just want to sit and have a conversation with you. He wanted to speak for five minutes. He wanted someone to be near to him. He was living in isolation, is living in isolation, homeless in Atlanta right now. James and John said to Jesus, we want to sit at your right hand and at your left hand. So when we were in Bible study just last week reflecting on this piece of scripture, I know James and John get a lot of flack for wanting a presumptuous space in glory almighty. Uh, but one of the folk present said, I wonder if they just wanted to be close to Jesus. So they were asking, can we sit at your right and your left unto eternity? Being close, being proximate, being near. It's the yearning of many of our hearts to be near to God and to be near to one another, especially when we're suffering. So we heard a reading from Job this morning you might recall that Job is a long story of one who suffers greatly, and it seems unjustly. And some reflect on that book in Scripture as a book of um, pronouncing the silence of God. But in this morning's reading, God breaks the silence, and the Lord says to Job, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Which we can read as a criticism of Job or a sarcastic comment from the Lord, or we can read as the Lord saying, I was there laying the foundation of the earth, creating all that is and creating you, and I have never ceased to be there. And importantly, I will never cease to be near you. I am present in creation, I am present in your lives, and I will always show up for you which then is the concern from our second reading this morning from the book of Hebrews. The early Christians knew that Jesus had died to save them from their sins. They, they appreciated this belief, but they were uncomfortable giving up their ritual, giving up the practice of going to temple and having a high priest make sacrifice for them so that they could feel forgiven of their sins and they could feel then close to God. Because sin is that great alienating device that keeps us feeling like God is nowhere close to us and it is of our own doing. And so the author of the letter of the Hebrews assures the people, no, actually, Jesus has come as the great high priest, once and for all come for you, made sacrifice for us, and will never be apart from us. You will never have this alienation from God again, you can be proximate. And this great high priest is not unfamiliar with suffering. Now, the folk I serve are not unfamiliar with suffering either. Many struggling with mental, poor mental health and addiction, poverty, and um, chronic homelessness, which then produces depression in many folk and isolation. I'm more and more cognizant recently that even though Church of the Common Ground has many programs throughout the week where we go out to see people and we gather in groups around Bible study and we have a foot clinic where we wash people's feet and bless them, that there are some people living on the margins of society 
who are never seen um, and not spoken to and overlooked. And so I've made it a habit recently to be proximate on certain streets in downtown, on Broad and Pryor and Trinity, where I found that some folk are not touching the many services available to them in downtown and not been touched by our church. So I've brought alongside me some of the folk who want to do good services. On one particular day a few weeks back, I went with someone who works for Partners for Home. It's kind of the preeminent housing agency in Atlanta. And we were walking along trying to do some good work at Hope Atlanta down on Peachtree Street and making our way to Gateway Shelter and beelining it at some point because we were aware that our parking meter was running out. We walked by a gentleman who was in a wheelchair and got 20 feet on, and my colleague said, what about that guy? What's his deal? I wonder. And we said, well, let's go back and ask him. So we turned around and walked back, not realizing until after the fact, we were in the middle of a movie scene at the time. <laughs> he was not one of the actors, and even though folk thought with my collar on, I was, um, we stayed out of the filming. But we did have a good conversation with Mr. Scott, who it turns out was part of Covenant Community right here on these premises many years back. After his time at Covenant, he enjoyed nine years of sobriety, and then some things happened in his life and his, his family relationships that caused him to lose his sobriety and uh, his housing in the end. When we encountered him, he was without both legs, being a diabetic and unable to take care of himself. They were both amputated. He was covered in a blanket, and he was admittedly slightly drunk on this particular morning. We spent several hours with him trying to get him the services he needed, but at some point he said, hey, i got to ask you something. Why did you stop? Why did you turn around? Everybody walks by me. Why did you stop? Then he turned and pointed to me. I was wearing my collar, and he said, I know why you stopped. You had to stop. He shouldn't have let me off the hook too easily because the reality is I, like many of us, walk by people all the time. And just because I walk by them on Broad Street and Prior Street, and you might walk by them on the 40th floor of the building next door or in the corridors of your schools or workplaces, doesn't mean that any of us get a pass on this. He was in tears and he said, you know, out here it's the hardest thing just to be seen. And I just appreciate that you stopped. I think we have an invitation to be proximate. And I think God teaches us how. By God coming so near to each one of us. Jesus reminded us in the gospel this morning that he came not to be served, but to serve. By implication, I think he's inviting us to consider a life of not being served, but to serve which may mean slowing down a little bit, paying attention to the folk around us, continuing in the good and faithful work of the ministries we are doing, but however busy that might keep us, then pausing and looking into the eyes of our loved ones. Our family members sometimes need us to be a bit more proximate than we have been. Our neighbors, perhaps the teller at the grocery store or your waitress later this afternoon, May we be proximate, not to be served, but to serve. Amen.